0: Every time I look around the farm, I am reminded of the heritage we enjoy from our family and ancestors.
1: Welcome to Longleaf Breeze, subsistence farmers using three simple principles, approaching but never reaching subsistence. It's got to be fun while we're doing it, and we don't make all misstatements. Now Lee and Amanda Borden. Thanks, Adrian. Welcome to our podcast of June the fifth, two thousand fourteen. We were putting up some soup we had made yesterday in Anon's pot. Ain Anon Own was your uh, great aunt.
0: Right, my great aunt, my grandmother's older sister.
1: Who had lost her husband early in her life, relatively early well, in her life. Not
0: super early, but before she would have liked to, let's say.
1: Okay, and before I knew her.
0: Right, yes. You never got to know Uncle Luke, and she never had any children.
1: And we inherited a cast aluminum pot from her, along with several other things. I think you told me that we're still using her china. Oh, and-
0: yes. We have a lot that um, Aunt Own loved her nieces and nephews, and uh, many of us were the recipients of her, uh, the physical things she left behind that she loved so much. So um, I think of her often.
1: And we think of her every time we use that pot. And we use that pot nearly every time we make any sort of soup or stew, uh, including last night. And uh, it just got us thinking about all the ways that our parents and ancestors supported us and as a result are still providing support to us.
0: And when you said Ann Own, you did say that rather hurriedly. Her real name, her full name was Emma Ione Faulkner. And well that was her maiden name, but I just thought that was neat, but we always called her Ann Own.
1: Yeah, I, her name is spelled I O N E, but I've always known her as An Own.
0: And then she married Luther Childs. So she was they were Uncle Luke and Ann Own Childs. <laughs>
1: And up in the lodge, we still have the Jenny Lynn bed that you inherited from.
0: It's really, it was my great grandmother's, and um, it, I met it for the first time in my grandmother's house. We're not sure exactly what year it um, was made or when they bought it, but my earliest childhood memories uh, include having great granny sleeping on that bed. And um, the bedroom where it was, Mama reminded me, it was on Grand Grand's house on Holt Street in Montgomery, that actually was one of the old style. They had a sleeping porch on the back. The back bedroom was actually a, a sleeping porch. for Like a know, screen porch. Yes. Well, it wasn't screen, but it had windows on all sides. And you could tuck that, one of those beds, which is where you, I usually slept, into the room completely uh, the, the, the end that was completely surrounded by windows so that in the hot summertime and she had what 16 foot ceilings so that in the winter in the hot summertime the air flowed through and it's just very pleasant but anyway that bed was there and um it is a jenny lind um I, i'm assuming at least early 20th century possibly before then don't know I'm not an expert furniture expert but what's made us think about that bed more recently is that I ordered a um, through eBay um, a little trundle bed to go with it a Jenny Lynn trundle bed and I'm going to enjoy using that
1: right now it's in plastic out on the porch and we need to put it together and get it installed and who knows maybe we'll get a photo of it to put up on the website so you can see it when we finish up. Uh, the uh, One of the other things that's up in the lodge is the chair that I used through most of, well, all of law school, and for a good bit of our life after law school, uh, it was one of the main chairs in our living room, and We've always enjoyed it. It's very comfortable.
0: It was in your mother's house and it's been recovered about umpteen times. I don't know. But right now, we finally, the covers kept wearing out with your sitting in it so much. So we finally covered it in leather, thinking that should be its So we hope it
1: will last this time. Um, In fact, I guess most of our furniture has come from family members on one side of the family or the it other has
0: we've had to add a couple of new beds as we've expanded and and uh it, you know we've had some f- furniture fall apart and bookcases and that kind of thing not necessarily but we have we've got a pretty good bit from our relatives and we ch- we treasure it we, we cherish it um another this is this is probably less tangible but Uh, since we're talking farming here, every time I go out in the garden, practically, or to plant anything, I think about my grandmother, who was, um, such a good, um, gardener. She, her ornamentals were beautiful, and because I didn't know her during her years of living in Troy, and especially during the Depression, when she grew a lot of their food, um, for the house, I didn't know her gardening tips, and I certainly wish I had asked her about it, um when i was younger but i didn't i didn't care that much then as i've discussed several times on the oh, i know and, and we've
1: talked before about how much we could have learned from our elders about growing techniques if we had only had the sense to ask them and listen to their Knowledge. Yes, um,
0: not just my grandmother, but my stepfather Harold, who was quite the gardener, your mother, who was quite the gardener. My
1: father. Your See, father, my father too. was a farmer growing That's up. That's right.
0: There's so much we could have learned from him. And uh, my uncle, uh, grand grand's brother, my mother's, uh, I mean, grand son, my mother's brother, uh, he, actually, he lived long enough to give me a few tips about tomatoes, and I'm grateful for that. And uh, he gave me um, their rodales organic gardening book uh when we started doing this and i mean it was from the 50s or something but you know it's amazing how much hasn't changed so we're just we i'm constantly reminded of how much brain power there was in our family about gardening
1: and speaking of books we enjoy a, a generous library uh, courtesy of a lot of people who have given us, us books. But one of the main contributors is my Uncle David, who was an, a wonderful collector of books, who gave most of his to my cousin David and his wife Betty. And then we inherited from them when they downsized their home.
0: That Right. And um, a lot of Uncle David's books were... Uh, he was quite the do-it-yourself man. The, uh, a lot of the books were on the subjects of building things, and electrical, and plumbing, and uh, solar. And then he there was... were other
1: subjects that were of well, interest. Well, <laughs>
0: he was qu- he was quite eclectic in his taste. Let's just put it that way. He also loved history, apparently, because there was yeah. a lot of great there are a lot of great history books. Um, and then quilts. Um, when. Um, my cousin cleaned out my aunt and uncle's house a couple of weeks ago, getting ready to put it on the market. They found even more neat items from the past, um, including some more quilt tops. And I already had several from my great-grandmother, my grandmother, my uh, cousin's grandmother on the other side of the family, who might as well have been my grandmother, too, because um, we, we called her grand And uh, so I've got beautiful quilts ready, some already made and some ready to be made from those quilt tops. Um, Luckily, I have a really good friend, Jan, who does beautiful work. And um, so but but she's looked at the quilt tops and judged them to be of excellent quality that someone did that who knew what they were doing. So that's another bit of heritage that I really have enjoyed.
1: My next contributor to the list is the frugality that I think I inherited, uh, at least I I inherited some of my mother's frugality. Uh, One of our favorite stories about Mama uh, is um, the time that she had a broken shoelace, and she wore a a pair of shoes, one of whose laces was broken, for six or seven weeks and at the time several of the family members were saying, you know, mama let's get you some new shoelaces and she said, well, I would, but you can't buy just one, you have to buy two and I don't need but one. So that that's our uh microcosm of gran and her frugality. But she was um a wonderful person who really did know how to pinch a dime till it screamed and I would like to think some of her frugality has rubbed off on Oh, me.
0: it did. Trust me, it did. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a lot because bo- both your parents had that frugality and um I'll never forget the Toyota that sat out in front of your um parents' house for probably the better part of a year for your father to finally accept the the offer the low ball offers he was getting. It didn't have air conditioning. The, you know, it had problems by the time he sold it and um, it, those were actually good cars. You and I had one just like it. You're but
1: right. But there is a fine line between frugality and stubbornness. <laughs> and I think uh, that on the, on the cars, Daddy probably had more of the latter.
0: Yeah. But what I was about to say is that both of them did know the value of money. They knew how to protect their investments. And as a result, we are the richer for it because we inherited enough money from them to actually pay for the land and some of the building uh projects that have gone on here
1: yeah it's it's probably a little more complicated than that this but basically the land from gran and pop i mean the money that gran and pops were able to pass on to us paid for all the land and the construction of the barn and infrastructure here and um than everything else we've paid for out of our earnings.
0: And that makes me want even more to make this place a success and be able to show it to people because it is something that we know wouldn't have been possible as it is now without theirs. And yes, we've added our own blood, sweat and tears and money to this place as well, but the point is it it all got started because and we were it was possible to buy the land when we did because of their passing that along to their offspring.
1: Yeah. You mentioned, and I had forgotten, that the chairs we use when we play with the whistle-stop polka pickers are from our parents.
0: I should clarify, you don't always have to bring your own chair to everything, but <laughs> but there are some festivals and um, music gigs and that kind of thing every now and then when you're supposed to bring your own chair. And if you play the mountain dulcimer or if you've ever seen somebody Uh, the position in which you have to hold the instrument, you don't want arms in the chair. You need to be able to, like, move your elbows around and have that instrument laid across your lap. So um, they just had the perfect old chairs, two of them, one for you and one for me, that have the, that are just uh, so well made. I told you the other day, I said, they just don't make chairs like this anymore.
1: And the other nice thing about those chairs is they fold up rather small so that you can fit them easily into the trunk.
0: And they're solid. They are heavy to carry around, but... Again, it's it's the quality that we just don't see anymore. We have a beautiful reed organ that was actually originally your grandmother's, circa 1900, which your grandmother and one of her daughters had refurbished, mm-hmm. and we enjoy that, and it's definitely part of the... Um, heritage that we have benefited from and is added to our musical
1: Sears and Roebuck catalog
0: in 1900 something isn't that amazing though I mean early like around 1900 seriously it was that early to think that there was a time you could order that from Sears and Roebuck
1: and the guarantee was signed by Mr. Sears we still have that in the uh, music compartment which is kind of cool
0: yeah and then my dad this is a much smaller instrument but we'll talk about that when my father played the harmonica and we actually inherited his harmonica and it was one of the he bought it in germany beautiful instrument and i think one side it's kind of an oversized one one side's in the key of g and the other side's in the key of c so um that's not only did we inherit what musical talents we have from our parents but um we inherited some instruments from them
1: and we thought we had lost that, but I found it a couple of weeks ago in the desk of the lodge. So I was real glad to stumble upon it again.
0: And of course, there are many legacies uh, that are less tangible, but nonetheless important that come from ancestors. Even if they, even if we can't, you know, trace our direct ancestry to someone, we know that it's there because of. Someone who lived in the past who helped us gain that knowledge. For example, I am planting a three sisters garden. I've tried it before. Not as successful as I'd like it to be. I'm trying it again, and I'm happy to report that my corn is up, which is the first step. Three sisters
1: being corn, beans, and And squash squash planted together. Right,
0: planted together so that the idea being... But not
1: necessarily simultaneously.
0: No, in fact, not simultaneously, which is the mistake I made before I planted them simultaneously. You let the corn get up a bit, and then you plant your pole beans, and then the idea is you train the pole bean to climb the corn stalk, and then you plant your squash every seventh hill, little cluster, you because it's kind of a, it spreads out so much you don't plant it too close. And the squash, um, the third sister serves to um, just cr- create enough shadow that it keeps the weeds down, shades the, the ground and also holds in moisture.
1: And another purpose that the beans serve is that they are legumes, so they Absolutely. fix nitrogen in the soil that the corn needs.
0: Yes, the corn is a is a heavy nitrogen user. So uh, the reason we, I think of that as heritage from ancestors is that actually, in my family, a lot of people have Indian heritage, but my family's actually been able to trace our heritage uh, back several generations to um, someone who was the a chief's daughter. And so I, I'm assuming, okay, she used that technique somewhere along the way. You bet. Uh, most of the, um, many of the tribes in North America did use the Three Sisters design. The one I'm using right now is an Iroquois, but um, there are different tribes that have been known to employ the Three Sisters. And actually, their descend- their direct descendants will go around and tell you about how to plant them um, and maybe even and there's a spiritual element to it too, which is kind of interesting. So I, I see that as a as a heritage from the past.
1: And I will bring up the fact that both the barn and the lodge are the beneficiaries of some smart people in the past who figured out how to design buildings to make the most of the way the sun moves through the seasons. They have a passive solar design that drinks in the winter sun and helps to stay warm in the winter and absolutely rejects the summer sun so that it is easy to keep them cool in the hot summertime. And we are grateful for somebody thinking all of that through. So all we had to do was just follow their good instructions. That's right.
0: Um, Another thing that was different from the past, and I don't know that I can trace this to anybody in my family, but the idea of the two sleeps, this has made you feel a whole lot better because of the way you sleep.
1: I I now have validation for what I've done most of my life, and it's all of a sudden so freeing to realize, oh, okay, I'm I'm all right after all. The idea of the two sleeps, if you have not already heard about it, is you go to sleep fairly early in the evening, sleep for two or three or four hours, wake up, and do whatever productive work or visiting or whatever you would like to do and then you go back for another sleep later on that's an ancient pattern that i have followed thinking that i was i just suffered from insomnia and i was i didn't worry about it uh but now i realize hey i'm an okay person it's um just fine for me to sleep that way
0: and you know not to We don't have time to go into the details so much, but I know one of the articles we read talked about the fact that, well, the invention of electricity and the introduction of electric lights uh, in the nighttime is part of what has changed all that. And, of course, for our entire lifetimes, we've had electric lighting. So um, it's, it's more back to nature in a way what you're doing. But anyway, now here are two more items that I want to mention before we run out of time. Uh, First, backyard chickens or chickens that we have on our property. My grandmother had chickens. I'm sure your father's family and your mother's hailing from the farm had chickens. And um, my grandmother used to talk about you know, wringing a chicken's neck to put it on dinner, on the dinner table and the he, the eggs they collected. So we're doing that. Well, actually, I don't plan to wring the chicken's neck. I, ours are strictly going to be laying hens. But um, we do know that there's a lot of heritage in our um, use of chickens. I, again, I wish I had certainly talked to my grandmother about it more when I was, when she was around. And then and f- this morning, we yeah.
1: each enjoyed an egg from our chickens that we keep and thus we're following in their footsteps
0: that's right and then the this the other f- uh, point that I want to bring up is uh, about food preservation my grandmother and I know your mom uh, as well canned foods you know my mother my favorite that my grandmother made were peach pickles she loved to take peaches and I love to eat them and you know put them I don't know what all was in that some spices and vinegar that gave it a, a a distinct flavor, and that was one of the few things. That was actually my favorite item at Christmas dinner. But um, but I remember she canned goods. And then on a, a little more unusual note, my mother remembered that my other great-grandmother, my grandfather's mother, who lived out in the country in Troy, would dry apples every season. On She would just take tin, like you'd have a tin roof, I guess corrugated, put it out in the sun and dry her apples on it
1: apparently not too worried about flies and that sort of thing
0: no because i'm sure they're going to cook it that well the main thing i remember coming from that side of the family she and her daughter and her later her granddaughter my cousin paula dean uh would make delicious apple tarts with those apples and um so uh, maybe if i need to dry my apples on tin out in the yard to get that effect i think i need to start doing it
1: there you go Well, this has been a fun trip for us down memory lane. Thank you for allowing us to share with you a little bit of the heritage that we think we enjoy. Perhaps it's an opportunity for you to reflect on the heritage you enjoy as well. Have a good week. We'll look forward to visiting with you soon. Take care. You've been listening to Longleaf Breeze with Lee and Amanda Borden.
0: You can call the farm at 334-625-8682. Send email to letters at longleafbreeze.com. Our address is P.O. Box 780446, Tallahassee, Alabama 36078.
1: Visit us at longleafbreeze.com to learn more about the farm, to browse our archive, and to look over our planting database. You can also read the daily farm log
0: and check in with Lee and Amanda. That's longleafbreeze.com.